Welcome to the Courage Over Comfort podcast. I'm Sheila Dare. This is the podcast that's meant to inspire you to step into your courage and out of your comfort zone, because that's where we learn and grow and find out what we're truly capable of. It's outside the comfort zone where all the magic happens. In today's episode, we're talking about claiming your truth. My guest is Franny Nicole. She's the host and creator of the Claiming Your Truth podcast. Franny's in tune with people and the energy they spread, and it's her goal to spread positivity. Being a survivor of extreme bullying, she is constantly trying to better herself and always looking at scenarios to see her part in things. Franny Nicole's podcast is listened to in over 27 countries, and it's her hope that the inspirational words of others will push her listeners to move past their worries and always fight to become the best versions of themselves. Franny is joining the show today to share her personal story with us. Franny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be on your show. I am so incredibly grateful that you are here today with us to share your story. I know, like I said offline, it is my first time sharing my story, so it's going to get pretty deep. <laughs> and I know you're not usually used to being on the other end of the microphone. So. No, I'm not. And now I know how my guests feel when I ask those pressuring questions. It's not so easy. <laughs> it's not. And opening up yourself to be vulnerable and share your personal story just in itself isn't easy. So I appreciate yeah, you being hard. here. Your podcast, Claiming Your Truth, as we record this, is coming up on its one-year anniversary. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Less than about a month away. Yeah, very Mm. exciting. I have been listening to your show for a while. And in me gearing up to launch my own podcast, you were mentoring me without even knowing it just by me listening to your show and your style and your inspiration and your guests. And it's been very positive for me. So thank you. That's such an honor to hear just because when I put it out there, I don't really don't get any feedback from anybody. So it's nice to know that I'm making a difference to you and having you start your own show and be the inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. You're building such a great community by what you're doing on your show. Thank you. So let's start with that. Tell me the inspiration or the reason behind the creation of the Claiming Your Truth podcast. Well, I started a podcast because I enjoyed listening to stories of others and relating my life to their stories and able to, being able to heal myself. So I wanted to create a platform where people can come on and share their story and be vulnerable to help others that aren't able to get over whatever trauma or whatever they were they weren't able to let go. And that all stemmed from being bullied growing up in um, that lack of love from friends or family. And I was bullied. And everyone can define bullying differently. And for me, bullying was gr- the girls, the girls making fun of how I looked, being Hispanic, being having a larger nose. or And it got so bad where I had a chance for high schools, where I couldn't even go to class anymore. And I was crying in the bathroom. And it's just... Girls are so mean. I mean, as we're, I mean, we're both women here, yeah. and this is all I want to do is empower women and empower each other. But in high school, you don't think that way. At least back then, we didn't. We didn't have these self help classes as they do now, and got so bad I didn't want to go to school anymore. Uh, so your bullying took place primarily in high school. 
by I other mean, girls. I mean, it started in elementary school, yeah. but it just got so bad to the point. Because where I grew up, down the street from here, you go to school at elementary with the same people, junior high, the same people, yep. high school with the same people. So yeah. having the same people over and over and over again tell you you're ugly, you're, you know, go back to where you came from. I'm like, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Yes. What do you mean? I'm. This is where I'm from. But I went to a Spanish immersion school, so I was in a Spanish a Spanish speaking class in elementary school. So the English speaking class would make fun of us and just, you know, call us wetbacks. Or and I'm half white or Caucasian or European or whatever you want to call it. So it's just really racist or and bullying in general, and just it carried on with me and my looks. You know, I didn't have big boobs. I wasn't, you know, whatever the style was at the time, and got to the point where I didn't, I didn't have any friends or, or I didn't think I had friends, and I just wanted to start over. So I changed to a different school, but really changing to a different school is the same type of people. Mm-hmm. It's just new people bullying you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I, I mean. I went to high school in the. 90s and even then girls were mean I was bullied as well I had girls that used to stay outside of my class when the bell rang I'd walk out and three big scary girls would be standing there waiting for me to intimidate me and scare me and bully me where I too would start skipping school I didn't want to be there I had I had trouble making friends it was very very difficult so I think no matter what decade or era you grew up in I think it's the same Kids are just, there are some kids who are themselves struggling and they are taking it out on the people who they can. And it's, it's unfortunate. They are mean. And I spent so much of my life trying to get other people to like me that I realized that they're just, they're struggling to like themselves, Mm -hmm. let alone to like you. So don't worry about it. Like, don't worry about others liking you because they're having a hard time to like themselves. When you were going through that in high school, did your... Did anybody know that that was going on with you? Did your family know? Did any yeah, teachers my, know? I transferred to a high school where my mom was a teacher. So I was able, it was like 20 miles away. Nobody knew me. So it was a fresh start for me. And because of that, I became the teacher's daughter. And it was all his, it was all Hispanic school. So it didn't help me because they just, I was teacher's pet. Now, they, all, had a, now they had a new way to Now they had you. a new way and all the teachers if I ever was in trouble, they would immediately go to my mom versus working it out with me. And it's just, it just was tough because I, my mom was there. Or I would have girls who really, really loved my mom but hated me because she was my mom. So they would want to fight me and they would always be, um, would say, oh, we're going to jump you after school. And this is in Almani and it's all Hispanics. And I was scared. I'm like, how, do you, how can you love my mom would not want to be my friend you would think you would want to get closer to my mom by being my friend like use me in a way but they just were jealous I don't want to say jealous because of my mom and I we didn't have we have a great relationship but I mean it's not not perfect from what in I guess what they saw they considered her like oh she's such a cool teacher or I would love to have her as my mom and so they would turn around and dislike me and it was just there was some days where if the two friends that I had weren't at school, I was walking around by myself. And it wasn't because I wasn't social. It was just because there was such a diverse group of... I mean, high school has so many different groups and cliques that I just hate. I hated school. Like, that. It, and whoever's listening to this, 
may think that doesn't sound so bad. But to tell it is one thing, but to live through it. Because it is, wasn't just one incident. Yeah. It was, it sounds like this spanned many years. Yeah, it did. And the, like the rumors they would spread. And it's just so childish. And thinking back on it, it, it upsets me that I gave it so much power. Like I reacted so bad to it that it let it control my life for so long. And it, it caused me to choose friends differently because I was choosing friends that were bullying me because I was seeking their validation. Because all I wanted was those bullies to like me. All I wanted in life was those type of people to love me. So I only surrounded myself with bullies. When I made friends, it was those ones that were the two-faced kind of friends that weren't really your friends but hung out with you. And I loved those type of people because I wanted to prove to myself that I can change them and, and that I was lovable. How did the experience of being bullied affect your self-confidence growing up for me I didn't have confidence whatsoever I couldn't go out or go to parties by myself because I wasn't was awkward I I was like that weird girl in the corner that didn't talk to people anybody until their friend showed up it was just I needed other people to help get that social side out of me but by myself I, I would clam up so I was so used to just waiting around for other people to bring out the social side of me, I wasn't able to do that on myself. And when I would go out, I had since I had no confidence, I was overly friendly where it was like too much and it was like needy to the point where nobody wanted to be my friend because it was kind of be my friend, be my friend. And I, oh, I need and love me, love me. And it was just that awkward friend that nobody wanted to invite anywhere because I didn't even want to be around myself because I was seeking that validation so much they can smell it you can smell it on someone who wants friends so bad and it's not that I didn't have it but like I said I was seeking it from the ones that weren't the right ones the toxic ones the bullier ones and we are all addicted to something that tries to ruin us and validation was that for me and I was obsessed with being validated yeah, because those are hard enough years that it, as it is growing up and trying to figure out who you are. And when you already have such low self-confidence or you're seeking relationships for the wrong reason, I feel like it just gets you already off to the wrong start moving into adulthood because those things affect you for the rest of your life. I mean, yeah. I'm still working on healing childhood trauma and I'm yeah. in my fourth decade of life. And I think some of us don't realize how much childhood trauma affects us today. Even if they're just like, oh, I forgot about that. But really, it affects your decisions. It affects who you hang out with. It affects so much into your life that once that's healed, you'll start making better decisions. You start hanging out with different people. And it wasn't until I started doing self-development that I realized that hurt me so much. Because I'm like, okay, everyone gets bullied in high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it affected me as much until I took a look back in the 30 years why I made certain choices and why people hurt me is really I was hurting myself for allowing myself to be around them for choosing them as my friends or choosing them as my boyfriend and life has a way of teaching us lessons and if you don't learn it will repeat it yep life's gonna and keep serving you up the same lesson yeah and it's over and over and it's that same vicious cycle and I was putting myself around toxic people and then wondering why they were hurting me and why why did this happen to me woe is me and then once you realize and you change it 
that's when all of a sudden everybody in your circle is amazing and is in the same self-development world or whatever type, whatever you're into, that you realize, why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I seek validation from people who don't give a shit about me? What is that going to accomplish for me? Right. And so for you, when was the moment that you realized that you needed to make that change and start looking inward at yourself? I think for me, it was that um, two years ago, I hit rock bottom and I was just, I have this case where I felt like I'm so unlovable and that's just from childhood trauma and I'm unlovable, I'm unlovable. And again, I'm seeking validation from people who don't love me. And before giving up on love, I thought, what has been the reason why you held on so long? Like, why have you been holding on and trying and trying so hard? And maybe we think about love and maybe love isn't what we've been told about. And it's not all about romance and attraction. Maybe being loved is about friendship, you know, about having that one friend who's there for you, um, who understands you and who even at your worst. So I'm sitting there feeling unloved and nobody really knew what I was going through because I was pushing everybody that loved me away because no one loves me. No one loves me. So I created that in my life. You speak it to yourself. You're going to have that that uh, surrounding. So I called up a good friend of mine and I said, I need help. I I'm in a really dark place and I don't want to say I was suicidal or anything, but it, it could have gone there. It could have been, it was just, if you're, if you talk so bad to yourself for so long, you never know where you're going to end up. And that right there, his reaction was proof of love. And the fact that I was so blinded by the people who did love me because I was seeking validation from the wrong ones for so long, it it opened my eyes to realize that I was loved and I was lovable. And the only person that was telling me I wasn't lovable was myself. Yeah. How did you come to that realization? It from that friend and real. And then I, cause I was at the worst place of my life and just me calling him and being vulnerable and having him not judge me and having him understand me coming over and hug, giving me a hug was like, wow, I, it's not as hard as I'm making it out to be. And cause you were able to open up to him yeah, and finally tell someone what you've been going through exactly. and he showed you that you are loved. Exactly. And-, and that I didn't deserve the things that I went through and it wasn't my fault. 90% of the time when someone treats you poorly, it's because of their own struggles, not because of anything you've done, but I needed to hear that from somebody. And since I haven't opened up to anybody, I was so closed off and I pushed everybody who had an ounce of care that cared about me at all away from me. It wasn't until I finally opened up myself to someone that I realized that I had loved the whole time and I was I was obsessed. Because you didn't see it in yourself. I didn't so see you it couldn't in see it yeah. in others when they were giving it to you. Exactly. And I only wanted the ones that were bullying me, the toxic. And it's, it was like a disease. And then a week later, he enrolled me into the land, into Landmark. It changed my life. So describe just real quick, what is Landmark? Landmark is a self-development curriculum where there's basic advance and leadership. And the basic is where you realize your what you need to let go and then advances. How do you work through it now that you've realized, you know, what's been holding you back? And the leadership is how to share it with others. So it's like a Tony Robbins or MITT self-development course. And that's what opened my eyes to starting my podcast and loving, loving to listen to other people's stories and how it, we are all, how we all relate to everyone and we all are connected. 
How long ago has it been since you did Landmark? Almost two years. Like like um, 18 months. Yeah. And I can imagine how much your life has shifted since then. Yeah, it has. And I mean, it was scary. It's scary to realize that you need to make a change. And that, I mean, to be uncomfortable being comfortable. Uh I'm still, I mean, I'm still uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's... Me too, girl. (laughs) Me too. I do things almost on a daily basis that push me out of my comfort zone. And it still scares me every day. But that's how you grow. Exactly. And you are stepping into your own truth now and learning how to love yourself because it all starts with you. Yeah. You You have to inspire. You have to be inspired in order to inspire others. So I needed to inspire myself and motivate myself before I can start helping others. Because at the end of the day, that's all I want to do is help others. But how can I help others if I don't help myself? Yeah. So, right. And so now you're using all of the tools you've been given and the things that you've learned yeah. in the last couple of years, and you're turning it around to help others. And yeah. Now you're spreading your love and your light. Yeah. In and it's the scary. proper direction. Yeah. And I love it. And it's scary. And it's exciting. And the feedback most of the time has been great. And sometimes it's not great. But that's how you grow. You take all the feedback and you just continue to grow and. I don't regret anything, even the bullying, because it made me who I am. Our stories make us who we are. And as long as you use it as a positive light versus a crutch, mm-hmm. I think everybody can grow from whatever story they have. Right. And you have taken your victim story now to a hero's story. Thank and you. You are, <laughs> you, and the way you tell it, I mean, you don't, like you said, everything in our life has made us who we are. And you can't regret the past you can only take the lessons from it and move forward and you're doing exactly that yeah and it's been you know I it's been a lot of bumps in the roads I still have my breakdowns and breakthrough moments but what is life without breaking down and realizing okay I can do better Mm -hmm. versus always being right or always doing the you know always knowing what's next yep Failing is how we learn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfection doesn't exist. And life's always going to continue to challenge us. And we just got to keep taking what we know and stand in our truth and keep growing right along with all the challenges. Yeah, claiming your truth. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So you also participated in the Unleash You campaign. I did. That's a photo campaign in partnership with Boo to Bullying. And they help shed the disempowering labels that we carry around with us. So what was it like for you to participate in that campaign? It was really emotional. And I was part of their original campaign, like their very first campaign that they came out with. And so I didn't have any um, examples really to see of other women who've done it and kind of like see what they, what words they chose and their experience. So I kind of went in blindly and, I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be for me, like writing the words on and removing the ones that no mm-hmm. longer served me. It was freeing in a way, even though it was just a marker on my back. It was very powerful to let go of something that I've carried on for so many years and that no longer were valid in my life. Yeah, that you didn't need to hold on to yeah. anymore. So. For listeners who aren't familiar with the campaign, I'll include it in the show notes as well as everything else. But what they ask, they ask you to bring in four empowering words and four disempowering words, and they write them on your back. And they go through with you through the photo shoot and then eventually wipe away the disempowering labels. And it's ceremonial. 
when they wipe away those disempowering yeah. labels. I participated in it as well, and I didn't think that it would be as emotional for me either. And I cried when they wiped away yeah. those labels. I believe it. I mean, it's. I would assume everybody did. Everybody would have an emotional feeling because it takes a lot of courage to stand in there nude almost, mm -hmm. you know, bareback, yep. your arms crossing your chest, and own up to those words that no longer serve you. And announce to the world these words are no longer part of my life. Yeah. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. And then to be the before pictures with all of the words mixed yeah. together on you were uh, how does it make you feel? And we're scrunched up in a little ball mm -hmm. and we're contorted and we're, yeah. we're showing through our body how those words impact us. And then when they're wiped away, the after photos are of freedom and dancing. It and is. it was, oh gosh. I have both photos up on my Instagram, the pre, uh, before photo and after photo. And I have some people who are, oh my God, how can you put a nude photo on? It's not nude. And I'm, it's just my back. I mean, there's other girls in bikinis and everyone loves those photos. But I don't care. It was such a, like I said, powerful moment for me, an emotional moment. I don't care if you don't like it. This was such a life-changing moment for me to let go of those bullying words, loner, bitch, outcast, or whatever the words I chose. I don't even remember anymore because I don't. They're, they're not in my vocabulary, yep. and it doesn't matter what you think of it or if you like it or not. It's just the feelings that it brought in my life. So it was your journey, and it was what you yeah. needed to do, and part of your healing. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That was I actually the beginning of. When I just started on the idea of my podcast, because I talked to the Unleashed Girls, Jane and Seek, about my podcast, and I would love to interview them. So they were one of the first ones I've interviewed. And that was, it would be two years this November, so I almost uh, 14 months ago. And sometimes I feel like if you're not there in certain moments, like, how different would your life be? If I wasn't there at that Unleashed shoot, letting go of those bullying words, would I have started my podcast? And not that they gave me the idea, but letting go of that, those words inspired me to move forward with my podcast. Like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to anybody. A lot of people told me there's 500,000, well, a million now podcasts. What's going to make yours any different? Like, no one's going to listen. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not doing it for, for to have a million listeners. If that happens, great. But if I change the one listener, for you, an example, I had no idea the impact that it was making in your life. And that's all that matters. Yeah. So it's like certain moments that we choose to go forward with decisions. If that didn't happen, like where would we be? So I'm grateful for everything that has happened because it helped you in your, in your podcast launch. It's helped others that have listened and wrote reviews and how it changed their lives. And it's like a ripple effect from one event yes. to another. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Yep. And like you said earlier, when we start to step into our, our heart space instead of our fear, yeah. how we, how we, who we choose to surround ourselves with changes. Yeah. And in the past year, two years, similar to you, I've also been on a very big personal development journey, learned so much about myself and growing into a whole new space. And the people that I've met, like you, for example, and who I've been aligned with have I couldn't have even imagined that if I could sit down and design my 
best friend group. I mean, yeah. it's just, and it all comes to you as the way it's supposed to in its own timing. So trusting that timing as well is important because you had to go through exactly what you needed to go through in your own timeline mm-hmm. to get where you are today. Yeah. And, and where you are today is very strong and in a so much Thank better and confident place than probably ever, you know, I, I personally, I don't know you, um, as well as I'd like to, <laughs> but we will, <laughs> I just, I, I just see it like when I, so for example, when I was getting to know you and I was looking through your social media and looking back at some of your Instagram posts, just to kind of understand mm-hmm. your story a little better. I don't know if you realize this, but I started to see as time went on closer and closer to where we are today, your photos changed you in your photos, you smiled differently. You glowed differently. You oh, wow. look happier. You look more confident. And all of that, without even you realizing, was evolving naturally. And I could see it all in your timeline of photos. Thank you. That means a lot because there's some days where I feel like I've made no progress. And I know we're our hardest critic. But it's it's good to hear from a third person, like a third party, that like an outsider, um, what that doesn't even know you, the, the progress, mm-hmm. as you would say. Mm-hmm. And I do see that progression as well. And I'm also, I'm posting differently. And it's not superficial anymore as trying to get those million likes or whatever you would call it. It's more authentic and just trying to reach the ones that need to hear it. What are some of the things that you're working on for this year? Like what are some of your goals in 2020 that you're working towards? I'm doing a flip the script episode, a little similar to this interview, but Ben Whitehair, who was my very first interviewee and he's coming back on the show to kind of do a one year anniversary episode and he's going to be the one interviewing me. Oh, so we're going to go even deeper and talk probably for an hour and a half and slim it down to as well, you know, edit it down to um, what needs to be edited. And, you know, the real, the real Franny, not that I'm fake whatsoever, but just kind of let people know that I'm not perfect and I, I'm just like you. And here's my, here's my story and claiming my truth. So, so I'm really excited for that. And I know my listeners have been waiting yeah. that, you know, tell all episode. And it's scary because mm-hmm. I have some horrible things that I've done in my past. And I talk about people who bullied me, but I'm no better. I've done things that are unforgivable. Like this is, and there's a line that we cross that sometimes it starts to fade, like that line of like good and bad. And that I definitely have had to work through to forgive myself. For doing, and just I was a bad friend to good people, or you know I made poor decisions, or I was in the wrong place at the wrong time because of friends that I've made, and it's just still recovering. So the trauma from from that, you know, sharing those stories, and just so people don't think I'm this hail mary. Not that anyone thinks that, but I don't want to act like I'm that. And right, you're allowing yourself for your listeners to now get to know you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, like I said to you on the phone um, yesterday, I'm, I'm working on doing a TEDx, and applying yeah. to different schools. I'm really, really excited, and that's uncomfortable for me. What do you plan to, what do you want to talk about in TEDx? So I'm going to talk about emotional trauma and how we build our own cage because of it. And that no one else can save you from it by your, um, only yourself. Mm-hmm. And then we create the cage from our own trauma and that we have the key to it the whole time. And a lot of us don't realize that we do. And they stay inside that cage. Yeah. 
and you need to free yourself. So something along those lines and hopefully this fall, that's definitely besides working and making a living. <laughs> well, there's that, you know, <laughs> I wish we could just talk into this microphone and I just know. have money rain down on us. I know. <laughs> and I would love, I would love to have my podcast be my sole um, source of income, but maybe it will one day, one day, and I'm not putting any pressure on it. And, but the TEDx is definitely uh, my 2020 goal. That's well, keep definitely us yeah. updated. That would be very exciting because, you know, we, we try so hard in the important relationships in our lives to stay authentic to ourselves, but when we're not aligned with the right people, it's inevitable that we start to change who we are to fit into their box. Yeah. And then before you know it, whether you're married or in a long-term relationship or whatever it may be, you've completely lost who you are. Yeah. And then you got to first recognize you don't fit in that box and then have the courage to make a change. Yeah. And then rediscover yourself. And that's freaking hard to do sometimes. It is hard, but once you do it, you think to yourself, why didn't I do this sooner? But like you said, everything happens at the right time it needs to happen. Whether it's a divorce or self-help or self-development courses or whatever you're going through to make a change, it all happens at the moment it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have you forgiven yourself for your past? I have. Yes. I can confidently say yes, I have. Yeah. And it all starts with you. Exactly. Nobody can change you but you. No one. <laughs> Nobody. And I had moments in my life that would wake me up in the middle of the night that would haunt me from 15 years ago. It was like, I can't c continue to relive these moments. Like, just always know that that helped you make you who you are today. But just forgive yourself. and Or they're always going to haunt you and you're going to relive it every single day. Franny, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would it be? I would say... Everything's going to be okay. And don't listen to anyone else but your own voice. Like you are who you are because God made you that way. And if someone doesn't like you, that's okay. Just keep moving forward and don't worry about anything and everything's going to fall into line for you. And easier said than done. But being bullied and growing up in like that type of environment, all you want is to feel okay. And if I can go back and tell myself that you're going to be okay, I think a weight would have been lifted off of my shoulders and I probably would have done better in school. I probably would have had a bigger friend circle because I didn't care what others thought and I wasn't that weird, awkward girl. And I, at the end of the day, I just wanted to love myself and feel okay. And I think that's what I would say to my younger self is just that you're, you're amazing. You are great. You're, you know, you're better than okay. So you need to love yourself. So tell me how have these last two years changed you? It's changed me and it made me realize that I don't need to have it all figured out. I try not to think about what can happen in a month, what can happen in a year from now. I just now focus on the next 24 hours that's in front of me to get me closer to where I want to be. Today is another day for me to start creating my own happiness and just let everything unfold and let the universe, you know, show me my future versus stressing out about next week and next month and just focus on the present moment. Yeah. Sounds like you're living with 
purpose and intent. Yeah. And it's the best place to Set be. Set intentions is key. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank and you. sharing your story. I'm honored. It was a great conversation. I think we need to know that we all have shared experiences, however they are unique solely to us, that we are all in this together. We are in it together, and I would love to hear your story on my podcast. <laughs> oh, be in the hot seat. Yes. <laughs> Flip the script. I'm, I'm game. Okay. <laughs> um, well, thank you, everyone, for listening today, um, and f- especially to Franny for stepping into her courage and coming forth with her story. If you'd like to connect with Franny, you can find her on Instagram at Franny Nicole on the go. You can visit her website at claimingyourtruth.space and her podcast, Claiming Your Truth, is on all your favorite listening devices. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe, rate, and review, and more importantly, please share with anyone who you think this might resonate with. I'm Sheila Dare, and I encourage you to live outside your comfort zone. Until next time.